You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Zach's upcoming season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 314. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, if you're on the East Coast and Central Time, it's a happy Thanksgiving. Mountain Time and Pacific, you still got an hour and two, respectively, before we get there. But said I was going to release this podcast uh, at midnight my time, so you could have this one, and then your daily roundup will be up in the morning at the uh, normal time, which is right around 8 a.m., Eastern, but appreciate you listening to podcast number 314 today. We got a good one. One of my favorites, Jacqueline Trumbull, a good friend of mine from the show. You know her from RE season. She was on season five of Bachelor in Paradise. Obviously, we have a lot to go over because she was last on in January. And in that podcast, we talked about her engagement. Her wedding was set to be in June. And two weeks before the wedding, she called it off. And she's already done a whole podcast on this. She has her own podcast, a little help for our friends. And however, if you haven't listened to that podcast, we go over about 20 or 25 minutes uh, in regards to uh, her calling off the wedding. So there's that that we get into. So we will uh, we will get to that momentarily. So as expected, there is fallout from yesterday's Bachelor in Paradise reunion finale, and I'm going to cover a lot of it on the re uh, the daily roundup that's going to be up later on this morning. But just know that Johnny went on the Almost Famous podcast with Ben and Ashley and addressed everything that you want to know. So if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. I have not listened to the whole thing, but I have heard three things that had numerous quotes from it. I listened to the two-and-a-half-minute reel on the Almost Famous Instagram page that had a lot of the quotes from Johnny spliced in there. I listened to Dave Neal's 15-minute YouTube video on it, and I also listened to... What was the other one? Oh, I listened. it came across my TikTok feed. Somebody cut just the two questions that Johnny was specifically asked. Did you call her an F and C? And did you make the comment? How was the comment about the cooking and cleaning? Explain the context of which you said it. And I listened to that. So I feel like I've hit most of the parts that I need to in regards to Johnny's response. Um, I also came across a TikTok in my For You feed um, of Nick Vile talking about basically giving a BIP recap in about a minute and a half or two minutes. And I watched that and clearly, you know, again, Nick is on Victoria's side and his first sentence in that TikTok is, I'm really surprised to see that a lot of people are against Victoria. It's like, okay, of course you are. Like you're her friend. Like he doesn't shy away from it. He admits like Victoria is my friend, but he's still surprised at the reaction. And it's just like, okay, but Nick, one of the reasons you're surprised is because you're only taking what was shown and you're only taking what she said on the couch last night and you're not taking into account any past behavior of her that could indicate future behavior. So, of course, you're surprised and you want to defend your friend. And, 
of course, Victoria and Greg are going to be on Nick's podcast next week. And look, there's a lot that we're never going to know. And there's going to be a lot of he said, she said. There really is no other way around it. As I explained yesterday in the podcast and in the column, I said, look, I don't know if Johnny said those things to Victoria. The thing is, neither does Nick, but he's acting like because he's her friend and Victoria told him that's what Johnny called her, then Nick is just going straight off that. And it's like, yeah, if that's the case. But Johnny vehemently denied that he said that. And number two, the whole cooking and cleaning comment was completely contextualized. And Johnny even said, like, I love to clean and cook. Victoria doesn't. She even called me on the phone one time and says, I don't clean and cook. Is that good for you? And Johnny's like, yeah, it's cool. Don't worry about it. But yet the way she told the story on the finale, it's like that doesn't seem the way that Johnny, the way Johnny described it. So one of them is lying. So am I going to sit here and say Johnny's lying? No. Am I going to sit here and say Victoria's lying? No. And neither can any of you and neither can Nick Vile, no matter how much he says he's BFFs with Victoria. He doesn't know. Johnny said the complete opposite of how that conversation went. But Nick's going to say, well, look, look at what he said to her. It's like, okay, well, you're her friend, so that's why. Um, we're just kind of going around in circles with that. But I really do think that, um, you know, we're not going to get too many places, but I will go over some of the things that Johnny said in the podcast um, later on this morning in, in the in the Daily Roundup because there are some things that he said that I, that I want to touch on and the quotes that I heard. And, again, next week you'll get – Victoria and Greg's side of everything, which is, again, going to be very one-sided. You can say, well, Steve, Johnny's is one-sided. Yes, it is. So at this point, it's like, who who do you want to believe? Who? <laughs> I, I, think, I think one of the biggest things, and this is one point that I'm going to talk about in the morning, but I'll talk about it now, is that you got to remember, Johnny and Victoria filmed Bachelor in Paradise in June. Gabby and Rachel's season did not even start airing until July 11th. So Johnny and Victoria were an engaged couple before Johnny ever appeared on your television screen. So one of the issues and one of the first fights he said he had with Victoria was Victoria having to watch back Johnny develop a connection with... Shit, who was he with? Gabby, right? Yeah, he wasn't with Rachel. Yeah, he was with Gabby. He had, she had to watch him back, develop a relationship with Gabby, and say all these glowing things about her on the television screen, which she thought, well, Jesus, you said this three months ago. to You said this to me, and three months earlier you were saying it to Gabby. So I get the frustration there, but how does Victoria not understand this is how the show works? Of course he said that. He filmed it before you. It doesn't mean he wasn't sincere with you. He was over and done with Gabby when he got down to the beach. I'm sure there was some insecurity there on Victoria's part, but she's been a part of the show before. How does she not get this, you know? So I, I, I see both sides, but I, I still tend to side with Johnny on this. She should not have gotten that upset. And then apparently during Gabby and Rachel's season airing, Johnny went on one of the Bachelor-affiliated podcasts, and while he had to talk about Gabby, he talked about her in the past tense, he still had to, it was while he was still on the show, he hadn't been eliminated yet, so he still had to talk it up and make the unspoiled audience believe that there was still a chance for Gabby and Johnny to be a thing, and apparently that set Victoria off. And I'm just like, okay, then, <laughs> Victoria, then just don't date somebody from the franchise. I don't know what to tell you. 
Because if that's making you upset, even though he's engaged with you now, and he had already filmed that show in the past and he was done with Gabby, you have to understand how television works. Of course he has to say those things. And if that's what they were fighting over, man, they were never going to last anyway, you know? But it, it just... <laughs> There's a lot. So, but that's that's a really I think a main thing that a lot of people are probably forgetting is that when Johnny and Victoria left that beach in Mexico in June, we hadn't even seen him on Gabby and Rachel's season yet. And so Victoria had to sit there and watch that and I'm like I said, I'm sure it was tough. But it's almost like yeah, but he's with you now, Victoria. You have the ring on your finger. He's coming home to you. I, I don't know. I, I I think that's I think that's immaturity on her part that she couldn't get over that, considering she was with him at the time, you know. But uh, we'll we'll talk about that and a lot more uh, on the daily roundup. I really want to get to the Jacqueline um, uh, podcast here because there's a lot of good stuff uh, that we go over um, in today's podcast. So let's get going. Here it is, podcast number 314. Okay, let's bring her in. Uh, she's a multi-time guest on this show. You saw her first on Ari's season of The Bachelor and on, shit, I can't remember what season it was of Paradise, but she was on it very briefly, and um, it is Jacqueline Trumbull. Jacqueline, how are you? Hi, Steve. I'm good. How are you? What season was it? Do you remember? Five. It was five. Five. Okay. You know, it's funny because when I do a podcast every week and now a daily one, I just lose track of when I had people on. And I could have sworn you were on like three months ago. And we were texting because you were on with She's All Batch last week. And um, I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I should have Jacqueline on again. But God, she's been on fairly recently. No, you haven't been on since January. And I, I literally thought you were on way later than that so you haven't been on since january i remember in january when you were on because we were talking about the lovely engagement that you had and how it all came about i know and uh (laughs) things have obviously changed in that front we'll we'll get to that momentarily uh we'll get to that later on in the podcast but i did want to talk uh about paradise with you because there's a few things that have gone on this season that are just head scratching at least to me um the first one and this is something that uh, I sent you in a voice text, but you hadn't watched the episode yet. This was a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and you hadn't watched the episode yet, so you didn't want to listen to it until the episode was over because you didn't want to be spoiled by anything. But it wasn't really a major spoiler, but here's something I have an issue with. And tell me, and maybe I don't understand shit about women, but um, this happened twice this season, and most notably with Kate and Eliza. This whole idea of asking a guy that you are currently seeing that, hey, another guy's come down to the beach and asked me on a date. And their response to these guys, Logan and Rodney in particular, was, I wanted you to tell me not to go on the date. Mm -hmm. And my thinking was, why couldn't their answer or their story to them been, hey, this guy asked me, I don't want to go on the date. It seems uh-huh. to be like the guys are in a lose-lose situation in that situation because if they say that I don't want you to go on the date, the woman could look at it as controlling and the object of paradise is to date around. 
And if they say, yeah, go ahead, like like those two guys did, Logan and Rodney, and ended up getting shit for it, the women see it as, well, the guys must not want me if they're fine with me going on another date. Like, what was your take on that whole thing? Is it just is it like a game that these women are playing? Is it a, is it a power dynamic here? I don't think men are in a lose-lose position. I think those two men were because those two women were expecting controlling behavior from them for some reason. I mean, I don't know if we missed something in the edit. I kind of hope we did. But, yeah, it's really, I think, toxic to, first of all, agree to a date (laughs) and then come and say, hey, I just agreed to this date. Um, If you don't read my mind that you want me that you that that I want you to tell me not to go. Like if you don't control my behavior and say, "Oh, well you just made a decision that I assume is right for you because you made it." Uh I'm going to override it and tell you that you're not allowed to go. I think that's crazy. Yeah, and I don't even know, maybe in particular for those two, I don't even know if the women actually had already agreed, but regardless of if they had agreed or not, their object was they basically said I asked you if I could go on the date because I wanted you to tell me not to go. And it just seems to be a very (laughs) a weird position to put the guys in because, like I said, what what are they supposed to say? Because as we know, paradise for most people is, hey, go down there, have fun, go on as many dates as possible. If you if you couple up early like a like a Jade and a Tanner or People in the past have, obviously, Brandon and Serene this season. Yeah, you wouldn't expect them to go on another date. But Kate was in a very, you know, she had jumped around and, you know, Logan was, I think, the third guy she had been with or second guy that she had been with to where it was like, okay, there's not like this was a couple that was attached at the hip and -hmm. someone came down, asked her on a date. It just seems like why, if you don't want it, if you don't want to go, like they're getting mad at the guys for not telling them, hey, I don't want you to go. When why couldn't they have just said, I don't want to go on this date, by the way. So, you know, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of testing your partner in general. Yeah, I don't I don't so. I never got it. And, it. and it just seemed like especially like Eliza, she was good with Rodney and Justin comes down to the beach and it's like Eliza apparently told producers there was only two guys she was interested in all season, Rodney and Justin, and she had started good with Rodney and Justin comes down. She's like, I want to test it. But if you don't, if you tell me that you don't want me to go, I won't go. He's like, well, but this is one of the guys that you're interested in. I'm not going to stop you. And because then she she probably would have thought, oh, well, he's controlling. That sucks. I don't want to be stuck with him. He probably would have been controlling if he had done that. I mean, that's what was so bizarre to me is that these women are like, at least the way editing portrayed it, they had already said yes to these dates in both cases. But, you I mean, even if they hadn't, like, <laughs> I don't think that's the best time to have an exclusivity discussion. Yeah. You know, like, oh, well, now you see that, like, I'm threatening you with going out with somebody else. So do you want this relationship? It's like, no, come together mutually and say, wow, our relationship is going really well. What do you think about seeing other people or not seeing other people? I, I mean, I, I don't know why they needed to why they expected that to be the they're asking men to control them which is a terrible idea yeah (laughs) and they're they're using a threat basically to define the relationship as the opportunity to define a relationship and neither one of those are healthy behaviors i don't think what did you when you were on paradise when you came down to the beach with a date card who did you go who did you ask it out on a date 
uh, I initially asked Colton if he was even in the headspace where he could go on a date, and he said no. And then I asked Kenny. Kenny, who's Kenny? Oh, Kenny, Kenny King. King. That's yeah. right. Now I don't remember what was Kenny's dating situation at that time. He had. He was very single. He'd like gone out with Crystal. Um, and they'd had a thing, but then she ended it, I believe, before I got there. So he was like the player on the beach when I got there because all the women who didn't, who weren't coupled up were like, Kenny. Okay. <laughs> you know? So you didn't have a situation, anything like this? No, no. Where he had to go back to the woman that he was dating and been like, hey, Jacqueline's interested. What do you think? So you didn't have anything no. along these lines. Yeah. Uh-uh. Kind of like how Kate shut down Logan for going, which, which is the hypocrisy behind the Kate logan situation of her going to logan and saying i wanted you to tell me not to go and then Lindsay comes down to the beach last week and asks logan and kate's like you know if you're serious about us you won't go on this date i can't even believe you're asking me it just it made I no really, sense i really did not appreciate kate's behavior towards him this <laughs> <season>. <laughs> I, no it you're not really you're bad. not in the minority trust me yeah. all you gotta do is check social media uh, it was okay yeah she's not She's not, um, I guess, well-liked in, in, in how she's gone about things this season. And it, di- it didn't make a lot of sense. Like, I don't understand. I, I don't really get what her thing was. I mean, obvi- I don't know if you saw her tweet last night, but it's the first time she I kind of addressed things. But let me just read you what she said. She said, um, okay. I've sat back and been silent and laughed, cried, and cringed with the rest of y'all this season, but I can't stay silent on this. There were so many pivotal moments that weren't included that ultimately led me to make that decision. But I guess that's showbiz, baby. And that was it. I mean, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. I mean, now granted, we were shown the superficial things that why she doesn't seem to like Logan. And I don't know how she... She didn't seem to address that part. I would have liked to address that part because I don't think Kate and Logan would have lasted outside the show anyway. So it's like, I don't care about your breakup. What I care more about, and I think what a lot of people who were watching the show last night probably cared more about was why did everything revolve around status and money with you? Like, why did you talk about him not being able to afford a gym membership, the orange Honda that he drove, and just hints about him I, not having money? Like, what I, I get it. Know, Maybe some people like to date money, I guess. That- yeah, that doesn't bother me so much because she is 33. She probably does want to start a family. And if he's living with a bunch of roommates somewhere and like isn't established, then that's a problem. And yeah, it's fine with me. I, I fuck, I love money. You know, I totally, I totally put finances at the top of my hierarchy of things that I look for in a person. But what she did that was so off putting was that she made that his fault. It's like, it's not his fault that he's 26 and he's where he should be when he's 26. It's, it's your problem that you decided to lead him on and invest and basically shame him and kind of humiliate him on TV for not being what you want. <laughs> well, and she was critical towards him. Yeah. Well, her saying, I think in one of the episodes of her saying, you know, you told me I was critical of you. Name one time I was critical of you and everyone's sitting at home like, Kate, all you've yeah. been is critical of him. <laughs> Well, and I think I think what was so awful about the way she left was, first of all, it was shocking and humiliating for him. I mean, and that was clearly a maneuver for the TV. Yeah. Uh, but two, like, to to turn it around and say, 
you've told me that I'm critical of you. That's you being critical of me. <laughs> so bye, you're a bad person. It's like, come on. That's such a, that's such a manipulation. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, I, I really think that, I mean, look, I get that there are women out there that enjoy money and want, and uh, you know, older women, especially someone of, of Kate being 33, one of the older women on the show, if not the oldest woman. Oh no. And Danielle would have been the oldest uh, woman down there, but Kate probably top two or three. I get that she wants to date men who are a little more established and, you know, have a career maybe. And look, you and I both know there are women in this franchise who are motivated by money. And there are women in this franchise who maybe only date men for money. And, Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. I just thought the way she verbalized it maybe be something that she didn't have to necessarily I think she could have gotten her point across without naming specific things about not being able to afford a gym membership and a I agree. and an orange yeah. Honda. Just say like, "Hey, I just hope he was more established and he's a little bit young for me." Just leave it at that. That's you know? very that's very shaming towards him. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with where he is. Like it's, that's not his fault. I mean, shit, at 26 I didn't have any money either. I still don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's normal. If you're 33, don't date a 26-year-old and expect them to be, you know, established like a 35-year-old man would be. It's just holding it against him was really unfair. And then, yeah, humiliating him like that or shaming him like that was pretty shitty. Yeah, I thought it was – she just could have handled it better and just not gone into specifics. And I just don't think it's a good look. And, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, so we'll see tonight on the reunion show exactly how it goes. I don't think it – I don't think she – does a 180 and was like, wow, I watched that back and I was really bad to you. I think she pretty much keeps up the same. Um, yeah. I don't think anything changes for her tonight on the episode. I also, I kind of wonder if like having Gabby and Rachel tell her we don't respect this guy kind of made her put it in her head like, oh yeah, I don't want to be associated with this guy. Like I'll, maybe I'll be more liked if I'm, if I pull the power play and like shut him down. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. And it probably did lead to her making it easier for her to end things with him. It kind of brings me back to, I don't know this specifically, but my guess is when we go back to paradise last summer and Becca goes down to paradise and she has not, well, she had access to the episodes because she was doing a podcast at the time, so they were giving her episodes. <laughs> but the fact that Thomas was getting such a bad edit on Katie's season when Becca was down in paradise and she didn't really know the public response. And then, you know, for as great as a love story as they have right now, let's all remember she broke up with him in paradise for a reason that I don't even know if we know the real reason she broke up with him. But I've always thought that producers got in her head last yeah. summer that. Eh, you know, he's kind of not the most well-liked guy in the franchise, and it just kind of puts it in there because most people that are a couple that leave the show want to be liked by the public. Obviously, you're never going to be universally liked. Nobody is, but you want to be accepted by the public, and maybe there was a part of Becca that was like, no, and, you know, they broke up on the beach last week, and people seem to forget that. Now, granted, they got together, I think, like literally a week after they got back, and they've been together ever Mm -hmm. since, but... Yeah, could have been the same thing with Kate. Like, hey, Kate, um, Logan's not really all that well-liked right now by the America for what he did mm-hmm. on Gabby and Rachel's season, which, <laughs> if you really look at it, what did get, what did Logan ever do wrong on Gabby and Rachel's season? They literally... I, I always liked nothing. Logan. 
He didn't do anything wrong. They put him on a season with two bachelorettes, and we knew going into Gabby and Rachel's season before it ever started, somebody this season is going to like both of them. He happened to be right. the one. And right. he did it respectfully. He didn't go behind their back. And as I said last week when the episode aired, I don't understand where Gabby and Rachel were coming from down on the beach, just totally saying we don't respect him. And Logan was this you know menace on their season when – he went about it respect respectfully, and when he made his decision, like, "Hey, Rachel, I'm gonna go. I'm 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 gonna try this out with Gabby." It's not yeah. like Gabby rejected him. She took him in, gave him a rose, and made out with him a few times. So, yeah, where their I mean, hatred for I him mean, came didn't make any it's sense. Also, to me. it's frustrating when people, like especially the lead, don't give some of these contestants some forgiveness, knowing that producers had their hands in this. Like, look. Logan didn't have an opportunity to talk to Rachel and Gabby before that time elapsed. Like they took away cocktail parties. They took away the opportunities he would have had to switch earlier. So yeah. So he stuck around for a while because he was waiting to get to Gabby. And then as soon as he had an opportunity, he took it. I mean, that's what I remember at least. Yeah. Yeah. I always liked Logan. I liked him a lot on paradise and yeah, I thought he was fine on, on their season. So it, it was just <laughs> it seemed a, it happened. seemed a bit a bit of a uh, revisionist history when Gabby and Rachel came down to the beach because they made it seem like he was just this awful villain on their season and he and he wasn't at all and that conversation they had with Kate would have made sense if when Logan made the decision to switch from Gabby to Rachel Gabby said absolutely not you're you know right <laughs> but she didn't she gave him a rose and said yeah we're fine and they were making out and who knows how far Logan would have got if he doesn't get COVID and had to leave the show. Like maybe Gabby, he's in Gabby's final four, which would have made him, you know, go even farther, which would make that conversation even less make sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing it's just that it hurt Rachel's feelings. And then once Gabby decided she wasn't, or once he left because of COVID, it was almost like, okay, I'm going to side with my friend and protect yeah. my friend's feelings. Then this guy who I have no real connection to. Yeah, and I and I do think that played a role uh, with Kate, like you said. That definitely was like, oh, he's not well liked. Okay, well, it's easy for me to get out of this. I just think she could have said and done things uh, a little more maturely on her end. I'm guessing she thought she was doing a girl power move too. By <laughs> you know, she hears that these two women like don't respect him, that he was shitty, and it's like, oh, okay, well, I'll. You know, I'll act for women everywhere then. I'll shut this guy down. It's like, wait a minute, he was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, Logan was, like, for for a, for a show that made him out to be a villain on both Gabby and Rachel's season and maybe, I guess, kind of somewhat of a villain down in paradise, he never did anything wrong. He, he really didn't. He never talked shit on other contestants. He didn't do anything I, one thing that I can think of that I was like, whoa, total villain edit here. No, I mean, I, I, I don't get it. I I don't really, but they have to make a villain out of somebody, I guess. Uh, and they had fun at Logan's expense. But yeah, I think the way she went out last night, she really thought she was going to get her, oh, wow, check out this woman empowerment move where I'm going to not take his rose and walk off with all my dignity. And everybody right. last night is scratching their head like, that was shitty. I feel bad for Logan now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, Logan held his head up high too. So I, I think he did leave with his dignity. Um, I, I mean, I do, I do feel bad for her if they cut out a lot of his shitty behavior. Like if that happened, then that sucks, but we didn't see it. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think there's touch. a, they're stuck. It's like, you know, I, I know the contestants love 
love to talk about the things that you don't see. Hey, the show films for hours on hours on end a day, and you only see two hours a week. But they only say that when something goes against them in the edit. They're never talking about that <laughs> yeah. when they're getting a positive edit. So it's just it's very uh-huh. convenient to talk about that. Um, <laughs> now, I was having this conversation with somebody last night. I can't think of a more toxic couple it literally in the history of this show than Aaron, than Aaron and Genevieve, two people that talked to each other that fought as much as they did and that we got to watch fight as much as they did, you know, not even taking into account the Aaron story that I posted last week and, and all that stuff, just taking these three weeks that they were together on paradise filming at face value. What did you make of, him, her, them together, the way they argued. I, a lot oh, of people have some choice words for him um, in regards to, you know, the word gaslighting has been thrown out there quite a bit uh, when it comes to him, <laughs> which I think in this case, you know, I'm very, I'm very um, careful about throwing that word out because people use it way too freely now. But there were a couple instances where I was like, if that's not gaslighting, that's some serious manipulation. Uh, I don't know, you know, I... What was your take on their whole relationship? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to weigh it on the gaslighting page just because I don't remember specifics enough. But they, I mean, I thought they were both pretty. Um, they had problems. <laughs> like, I didn't like the way she treated Justin. So, like early on in Paradise, watching her, I was like, this girl. I don't know. Some of her behaviors not quite healthy. Um. For instance, like really punishing him for going on another date and then immediately going on a date. And then, I don't know, I thought Justin's like behavior was pretty good throughout the show too. Um, except when Eliza came to see him. <laughs> but um, I, I, I started out with kind of a negative opinion there. She is extremely reactive, you know, and that's like not going to bode well for most relationships. I don't think she's vicious and I do think she has the ability to apologize and take responsibility. Like she demonstrated that a few times. Yeah. Um, whereas he doesn't quite, he has the, he's, a, he's able to ameliorate or like mollify her. Um, and he can do that in a very charming way. So, you know, that's why she's won over so many times, but yeah, I mean, there were certain times when I was like, Oh, okay. I actually like how he's responding to her. Um, I think when he got upset about, feeling like she chose him just because he wasn't Justin. And then she was upset by that. And then he was able to say like, no, I'm sorry. Those are my feelings. It's I I get it. We're okay. You know that I like liked him in that moment, but starting with that fight where they were on the, on the bed, not the bed, but the, whatever it's called. The day bed, the, the day bed. That was bananas. I mean, she was, communicating pretty well i thought and he just really blew it out of proportion and then punished her and he did speak disrespectfully to her a lot of the time and that's why she's picking up on that and i do think that her tendency to just pack up and leave is uh not great (laughs) i mean you can't you can't manage fights like that because it's holding the relationship hostage you know it's like if you're upset with me then i'm gonna leave but I also get how probably in those moments she had this reaction of like, oh, the scales are off my eyes. This guy is being really disrespectful. I can't allow myself to be talked to this way. 
And so she would leave, but then he would be charming and reel her back in and the scales would go back on her eyes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was just, I get her perspective and they were a terrible couple. Yeah, I think the whole argument too about itching versus pain was something to where I think when I think not the subject matter that they were arguing because it's just utterly ridiculous that you would even argue over something like that, but just the way he just couldn't in that moment admit something was either wrong or not a big deal. The way he vehemently defended his take on itching versus pain is just like it just kind of showed that this guy just doesn't seem to ever admit that he's wrong about anything. And obviously that's a major problem in any relationship that you can't have right. a partner admit that they're wrong. If they want to admit that they're wrong on something as stupid as that argument, it's like, wow, you're never going to get a word in and you're never going to be on the same level until you just say, yeah, you know what? You're right. And then give them the power back. It just, it was just an awful way to, I think, treat her. And, and, you know, we, we talked, we've talked in the past about, abusive relationships and you know obviously there was nothing physically abusive between them but that their relationship and his role in the relationship seemed to be a pattern of what you hear about people that are in abusive relationships that are physically abused where it's like the person says oh no 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 I'll never do it again and you know says everything yeah. perfect to get you back on board and then you come back on board and it does happen again and then it's just wash rinse repeat it seemed like that's the way he is just with his words. So I don't know if that's emotional abuse. Is that Would that be considered emotionally abusive to just say everything to get them back to your level and then just be able to go off, go off, off the handle, fly off the handle again on them and just be like, Oh no, 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 no. I was, you know, I won't do that again. And then you do it I again. Mean, it's certainly unhealthy. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the word abusive is really vague. It's not like, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it, it was, a, it was a very unhealthy relationship and he is just clearly really self-focused and she is clearly very emotional and like leads with her emotions and you need a partner who can hold that, you know, and be patient and really listen. And he was only, he was just in a cycle of like, I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. Oh, she's leaving. I need to get her back. So now I'm going to be charming. Yeah. And tell her what she needs to hear. And then they, they weren't doing any building together. Yeah. No, it just seems like, I mean, they were never going to last, even if they did somehow make it off that beach well, as a couple. Have what was scary was watching, like, the reaction of the other people oh, yeah. um, who were like, oh, well, you know, if they can fight this much and make up, like, maybe they are meant to be. <laughs> oh, you know, like, the fawning over this toxic uh, behavior was scary. I really, I think it was Logan who said the one wise thing, which was like, you're not yourself when you're with her. Probably somebody needed to say that to Genevieve. But, yeah. <laughs> you know. That's right. You had the two women. I think it was Victoria and Eliza one time that were like, yeah, this shows they really care about each other when you right. fight this much. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, know. Uh, I know. No, especially not in the early going when everything's supposed to be daffodils and rainbows. This is the honeymoon right. phase. Like, yeah. Yeah, it just didn't make any sense to me. Um, the, the the only really other couple I want to talk about is is Victoria and Johnny because we all know what goes down. We all know what's happened the last few months, and you know we don't know specifics. It'll be yeah. talked about tonight. She accuses Johnny of calling her the c word and saying that women, you know, if you don't cook or clean, you know, what good are you? And then Johnny says she 
threw a wine glass at him and that she was talking to Greg post-show. He saw the texts, but Victoria would always assure him he's just a friend. It's like, okay, well, it's hard to believe that now when once the breakup happened, she's in another country with him at one of the more romantic tourist spots in the world. It's just like, okay, um, we'll see it play out tonight. But your take on Victoria, Johnny, Greg Grippo, love triangle. I don't know that I have much of a take, to be honest, just because I, I, I think it depends so much on what the actual dynamics were between them. Like, they, they're they a sweet couple on the beach. I enjoy watching them. I think I can totally understand her appeal to men besides her blinding beauty. You know, she she seems calm, empathic, um, funny, cool. Like, she, you know, she has a lot of great qualities, so I totally get the appeal. I, I just, I don't know what went on between them. And I remember her on Peter's season, she was very, again, reactive, right? Like yeah. She was very emotional. So maybe that's the side that came out of the show. And Johnny, you know, it's really, really concerning when somebody says that they don't uh, feel worthy. I mean, it's an indicator of very low self-esteem, right? And very low self-esteem is kind of a killer in a relationship, which is sad. Because it's not like that makes you a bad person or anything like that, but it means you're primed for a lot of insecure behavior. And that's A, not attractive to the partner, and B, can very easily wind up being controlling. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I, I guess I could see, like, since we don't know what happened, it's really difficult to judge. Um, yeah, I mean, if someone said you can't cook and clean, what good are you, then... <laughs> I'd be out of there too. Yeah. No, I mean, that's obviously, and you know, that according to her, that's what he said. And he did say, he said some things to her in their relationship that he regrets, but he, he definitely said, I never called her the C word. So Mm -hmm. it's just like almost a, he said, she said at this point. Um, but of course he's not going to cop to calling her a cunt. Can I say that on your program? Yeah, you can. I, 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 I can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I was allowed to, I just, the word I know (laughs) triggers some people. So I'm like, I'd rather just not say it. And everyone knows what you're saying when you say C word. So, but the other thing is, you know, yeah, I don't expect Logan to cop. I mean, uh, Johnny to cop to that, but I also don't expect, you know, it, it is the fact that we now has, it has been established that, Greg and Victoria, I mean, yeah, Greg and Victoria were texting before she ever went down to paradise. We're texting Uh-oh. after she got back from paradise as an engaged woman, but she, you know, masked it all by telling Johnny, no, he's just a friend. Now knowing that they're together, it's like, okay, again, at what point, you know, it, it's never going to be able to be proven unless somebody says, okay, Victoria, if you say you guys were always just friends, show us every text messages that you and Greg sent right. while you were an engaged woman. She's never going to do that, but I'm ge- I'm right. guessing that at some point, some of those text messages as an engaged woman when she left the beach were probably a little bit flirty and probably a little bit leading on both ends because they ended up in Italy together after a breakup, like within yeah, one I month would, of ending an engagement. Come on. I would also guess that. Yeah. I would also guess that. I think there's a reality in which that wasn't the case and she was just friends. Like, I think that's plausible, but I mean, if like Occam's razor is more like, um, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, probably flirting. Yeah. And it's just, like I said, there's no way to prove it. And you know, her track record in terms of things that have happened in the past and even her relationship with Chris souls that happened during the pandemic, like it just seems like messy is part of her brand. 
And in my whole thing is, look, I have no problem with her dating Greg Rippo after she was single. I mean, she was no longer with Johnny and Greg was a single man. I just think going about it the way they did and going off to Italy together, it's like she knew she was going to get caught or seen by somebody, whether it was in Italy or at the airport. They went out publicly together when she hadn't even had a public TV breakup yet. And yet everybody... I think she just could have waited. I just thought it was disrespectful to her relationship with Johnny, no matter how it went down or how she felt he things that he said to her. I think it was just disrespectful to do that in public. See Greg in private, do things privately, but you don't need to go off to Italy together because to me that's just kind of a slap in the face to your relationship and your and your engagement. Yeah, I'm on the fence about it. I mean, especially given how long ago this. I mean, do you know when they broke up? <sighs> um. I heard end of August, and then the the Italy trip okay. was like a month later, like whenever it was. I mean, the, the timestamps yeah. are there on my tweets. But, yeah, I, I, I want to say end of August was when I was told her and Johnny broke up, and then a month later she's in she's in Italy with Greg, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can see it your way. I can also see it being like if they had a really bad breakup and he, he demonstrated really bad behavior, it's like, well, why should I – like hobble my new relationship yeah. by well, respecting your yeah reputation or whatever the case may be. I think, I think actually that makes sense in real world stuff. Like if, if, if they weren't two people on a television show, I wouldn't have any issue with it. Cause she's like, fuck that. I'm single. I'm going to go do whatever I want to do. I'm going to go to Italy with Greg. But yeah. I just think in the position that she's in, knowing she's a very well-known contestant from this franchise and Greg is a very polarizing figure in the franchise, it was that whole dynamic where you kind of have to know where you are and you kind of have to know who you are on this show. And while I said, no, it doesn't mean you can't see Greg until the finale airs tonight. Just means that maybe keep things private because it just seems like they were wanting to get caught. And some level of discretion. Yeah. yeah. Be a little bit more discreet about it. And look, ever since the Italy trip, ever since they were caught, Everything she posts on her Instagram and her Instagram stories, it's clear Greg is in the picture. She's just keeping him out of it. So it's almost like, you know, one minute after the show ends tonight, she's going to be launching a fucking photo album of photos with Greg because she's so excited to talk about it publicly now. But I just think it's it's she could have handled it better. It's all mine. Yeah, I hear you. (laughs) Um, So before we get into your relationship stuff and, and what happened this summer, um. There was something that you put out last night, and I this must be for some sort of study that you're doing. <laughs> I, I so last night in your Instagram stories, you're asking people attracted to women: Are you more boobs people or butt people? And then you said, yeah. if you're a boobs person, were you born in what year? Seventies, eighties, nineties, or the aughts? Um, and then it, I think it was the next one was if you're a man. What was the reasoning? Something like that. Um, this has to be for some sort of study or something you're going to talk about on your podcast. A little help for our friends uh, podcast with with Doctor no, Kibby. This is my this is my entire dissertation. It's done. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I was like, whoa, okay. Um, no, this is my my boyfriend and I were talking about. Okay, so <laughs> listen, I've got a great rack. 
Okay. <laughs> I also happen to have a pretty nice ass, but it's smaller on the smaller side, right? So I keep meeting men and they're all ass men. And I'm like, why are you dating me? And also that's so annoying because you can't even properly appreciate my best asset. So anyway, when I first met Jason, my boyfriend, he was boobs man. I was like, oh my God, I finally met one. You're so rare. And he was like, what? We're not rare. I have a feeling it's just that boobs men were more likely to grow up in the 80s and 90s. And ass men were more likely to grow up in the aughts. Hmm. And so I was just... I was just testing this theory, but the problem is that my Instagram following is very skewed. Um, Isn't it mostly women too? It's mostly women, mostly young women, mostly white women, you know? So I got so far, I mean, the results are still pouring in. So you guys still have time (laughs) to answer the poll. So far it's mostly boobs, which is interesting. And also mostly people growing up in the aughts. And that's probably just because my following is young, but what was interesting, I started looking at the votes for boobs. I was like, that is a lot of women. And so then I asked, like, if you voted for boobs, are you a man or a woman? And then the same thing, like, if you voted for butts, are you a man or a woman? And it's, it looks like it's women driving the boobs results. Hmm. There's many more women voting for boobs. There's still more women voting for butts, but that's because I have 90% female following. I was going to yeah. say, so what? So the most of the ten percent of men that are voting, yeah, their votes have more been towards boobs. Yeah, no, no, sorry, butts. But have they? And then have they said what year? Like, um, I can't, I can't okay. tell. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if 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 I'm voting in that, I was born in the seventies, and uh-huh. I'm more of an ass guy, and. Yeah. So yeah, maybe I fit that correct. I fit that mold. Um, but well, no, the mold was supposed to be if you're born bef- like if you grew up in the 80s and 90s. Oh, that it would be boobs. Yeah, it would be boobs. Yeah, because yeah. that's when like skinny white women with great racks but like no ass were popular. You know. Yeah, but that, I guess that's the question now. See, that's the thing. Mine has changed. I guess when I was in high school and college, it was boobs. Now it's changed. Well, if for me. Yeah. Okay. Now it's changed over to ass. Yeah. Yeah, I've well, I've been go. like I've been I've been much more attracted to a great ass first than any sort uh-huh. of chest. And you know, I mean if if we're going to take an actual physical um evidence of this, if we're going to if we're going to go with my my most serious girlfriends that I've had in my life, mm-hmm. I think of the seven serious girlfriends that I've had, five of them were not um, well endowed. They were all on the smaller side. So it kind of proves that it hasn't been a big deal to me. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it hasn't, and then that's changed. And most of those relationships are all post, uh, I guess outside of my high school and college ones. Um, Yeah, they were all post-2000 for the most part. So, yeah, yeah, I guess it has changed for me. But, yeah, growing up, um, high school, college, yeah, it was all about boobs and that stuff. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting to me that apparently more women like boobs. My friend's theory was it's because women don't do doggy style, <laughs> like all <laughs> other women, <laughs> as much. Probably. <laughs> so the view of the ass isn't as important or sexualized. Really? You know, I, mean, I don't. That's my friend's. That's my friend's. I mean, I don't know what the real deal is. Is that a guy who said that? Yeah. <laughs> that the women don't do doggy style, so that's why they don't care for. 
they, they, they don't say ass is a major asset, so, so to speak? But I would think that lesbian women would. Well, I don't know. I don't, I, have to, I have to defer to people who have these sexual experiences. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Every time, I, every time I'm on like um, Instagram and they have mm-hmm. – or maybe even it's on TikTok – just scrolling through the for you page and stuff like that. They always have these men out on the street or even women out on the street asking guys or women questions, sexual related questions. And I've, I've come across quite a few where it's like, what's your favorite position and stuff like that. And I have always found it interesting that when I have seen that a lot of the women do say doggy when I've seen Mm -hmm. it on these TikToks. And now granted, I haven't been keeping track of the ages of these women and, and whatever, but I, it seems to be a very common answer among women that that's their favorite position. So I don't, I don't mean know. that. I don't mean that women don't do doggy stuff. I mean that, like for instance, if a lot of straight women were answering this poll, which is not what I asked for, but I noticed several of my straight friends <laughs> answered this poll. Yeah, they are not giving dog, doggy style. They're not staring at a woman's ass while having sex, mm. right? So they don't sexualize the ass as much as men do. Ah, okay, gotcha. Hmm. Yeah, it's a fascinating yeah. study. When are we going to get the results of this? My boss never listens to this episode. <laughs> when when are we getting the results to this study? Or is this not even going to be po- this not even going to be posted? It was I'll just share something. the results. Everybody's very curious. Yeah, I'll, I'll share the results tonight. Okay. When, when the poll okay, closes. Good. Um, yeah. So this. So well, you're going to share this tonight on Tuesday. But this podcast won't. Well, this podcast is going to come out probably Wednesday night since Thursday is Thanksgiving. I'll probably put it out Wednesday night. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe the results will still be up by then. Hopefully we'll see it. Okay. Um, well, now it's time to get into the fun stuff of this Ooh. podcast, which is your... The demise of my relationship. <laughs> the, the demise <laughs> of your enga- your engagement. Um, yeah. Wh- okay. Let me get timing of it again. It w- When was this? June? July? Is that when it happened or no? We broke up end of June. End of June. Okay. Yeah. Now, for those that don't know, you were engaged. Uh, your fiance, Paul, you guys were set to be engaged. You were getting uh, married overseas. You guys had made the trek overseas. You were in your location of marriage. I forget. Where what, where was it again? Portugal? No. Uh, yeah. We, we broke up in Scotland, but yeah, we were getting married in Portugal. Okay. So everyone was out there. You were two weeks from your wedding date, and you decided to call the wedding off. Yeah. Obviously... There's a lot that probably goes into it, but for the layperson that did not hear your podcast, and this is one of the reasons where I was waiting to have you on because I wanted you, I, I had spoken to you after you had ended it and you had talked to me about it and told me, and I just, I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to bring you on the podcast until you address it first. You're not going to address it on my podcast first. Clearly you wanted to do it on yours and you did it a few weeks ago when yeah. your season three started of your podcast, uh, a little help for our friends with, with Kibby. So just, I guess, the best you can kind of lay out to the people who may not be familiar exactly why you chose to end your engagement two weeks before you were set to walk down the aisle. Yeah, it's hard to say succinctly. I mean, I, I guess I would say that our relationship was unhealthy. Um, it had started off unhealthy, and then we had a good year in there, and then it started really declining in the last six months after we got engaged. Um you know, there was an event at my bachelorette party, but it's not super, it's not why we broke up um, because the dynamics that occurred at that event, which were basically like, um, 
me getting yelled at on my birthday, for instance, sort of things that had happened many times before, like conflict resolution was really difficult between us. Um, I am going to lay that mostly at his feet <laughs> because um, I think he uh, just a really, um, I, I don't think he deals with anger very well. Um, he, my friends witnessed behavior that they did not like and they told me as much and there was a lot of expressed fear about me getting married and I also got the feedback that you know you are you meaning me you are such an adventurous bold person um, very social outgoing and all of that light seems to be dimmed in this relationship um, you know that I seemed very anxious and fearful of his reactions, his emotions. Um, I think a lot of our relationship, I was made to be responsible for his feelings. And of course, when you're in a relationship, you care about your partner's feelings and you try to protect their pride and you, you know, try to make them feel better and, and all that. But it's, you know, if you are being who you are and you are, honest about who you are and honest about your values and what they can expect from you and they are hurt and offended all the time and then they make that your problem you know they make that punishing for you then you're just not in a sustainable dynamic so I a lot of times in my relationship I felt like I was hurting him that he was unhappier with me even though he was very in love and I felt like I couldn't really be myself and that who I was was threatening to him. So clearly when this stuff was going on in your relationship, you were very well aware of it. It didn't take your friends telling you this. Maybe it did to maybe it give you a, a, a kick in the pants a little bit, but it's yeah. not like they brought something up to you and you're like, Oh shit. Yeah, you're right. You kind of were in this relationship. You knew it's just a matter of, you know, you were two weeks away from getting married and that's it. I mean, regardless of where you are, and how you feel about things, there's this burden of, shit, everybody's here. Everybody's made this trip to watch us get married. It still had to have been a very difficult decision to pull the trigger and say, you know what, this wedding is off. Yeah. I, I mean, there, there... Oh, sorry, was there a question? No, I was just going to say, like, how <laughs> uh, how much of a role did that play in 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 calling it off? So they, so they kind of intervened after my bachelorette party in Vegas. And that was maybe like a month before we were going to get married. Um, so I didn't break it off then. I decided not to get legally married then. Um, my wedding was almost all paid for. It was something I was looking, it was my dream wedding. It was something I was looking forward to. And ultimately I didn't feel ready to break up. So we decided to go through the wedding, but not get legally married. And then a couple weeks later, we're in Scotland. So basically we went to Europe for a month. We were going to get married in the third week of that month. We started in Scotland. And um, I was having a really rough time. I was not happy. Um, it's not like, you know, we had had some conversations and we had reinstated some hope, but it's not like my anxiety was gone. And yeah, I mean, we just had another kind of blowout and it was in front of his friends. And his friend this time was like, this is not good. <laughs> like, This is really not going to like what I'm seeing. And that was kind of when I... I was just like, I, you know, this is so clear that there is a problem here. Um, and yeah, so my friends were at that point all flying out. They hadn't necessarily arrived in Europe. But um, 
I had been told before the wedding by multiple people, including my mother, you know, please don't think about the wedding. Like, don't think about the cost. Don't think about the inconvenience. This is your life. And people would rather see, they would rather, you know, have to go to, like, at least Portugal is a cool destination, you know, like, worst case, people have a vacation in Portugal without a wedding. And, you know, you're, you're happier or you're better off. Um, what else was I going to say? I don't know. (laughs) Well, I, oh yeah. What else? The other thing I was going to say was that there's a lot of pressure to get married when everybody's flying out and you've spent a lot of money, but what took away, what made it easier was the fact that I knew I was going to stand up there and get married. And most of my wedding party was not going to support the marriage. And so a lot of the joy was already gone before I called it off. Hmm. Now, the other thing that happened, you talk about this bachelorette party that happened in Vegas uh, a couple months before the wedding. Once everything broke and it was the wedding was called off, Paul did take to um, Instagram Instagram and shared his side. I don't have it screenshot, so I don't remember the details, but he had thrown stuff out there that were things that I don't know if you want to address specifically because you probably probably remember what he wrote. I I don't. I remember some things here and there, but I don't want to paraphrase and get it wrong. So in what Paul wrote, were you upset that he even decided to do that? I got to believe you were. But was he right in any of that stuff or was he portraying things that actually never happened? Uh, Was I upset? Yes. I mean, yeah, I, figured I don't think he, I don't think he understood the consequences of that action. I don't think he understood that there could then be a Reddit post. I mean that his post, basically I, I posted something very vague about things not going to like things not going as planned in Portugal. Somebody asked what happened. I made the very bitchy comment that I regret of, I came to my senses. I mean, the thing with Paul is like, <laughs> it was a little bit Jacqueline Hyde. Like I, you know, when, when we were in conflict, it was bad. And when we were not in conflict, he's very loving and great. And we had a great friendship. And that, I mean, I still feel that way. We're not friends, but I still feel like a lot of our relationship was great, you know, and he's a lot of him is great. (laughs) But in that, I think in that moment, like when we were sort of triggering each other, uh, yeah, I was just like, I came to my senses. And then he saw that and was very hurt by it, understandably, and then posted the series of events that went down in Vegas. Did he post things that were accurate? Yes. Did he post an extremely biased version of events that stretched some details? Also, yes. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I don't re- God, I wish I would. I wish I would have screenshot it because I would have asked you specifically, hey, when he said this, what was the, what was the truth about this or how much was this? exaggerated i don't yeah i don't have it anymore um i mean the the things that the i will say like the one thing that people are upset with me about was that he said that all my friends laughed when one of my friends made a suicide joke okay that was one thing that was like blatantly not true my friend got very scolded for that so (laughs) Mm. i mean that that was really frustrating i'm like are you serious i'm a therapist and you're trying to portray me as somebody who laughed at that joke that like that absolutely didn't happen (laughs) So that was really frustrating, but, and the other series of, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the outline of things, it was kind of true, but it was just so skewed. 
the way he said it. Wasn't there something in there along the lines of not a hookup with another girl or what was the thing with another or was there another girl involved or something along those lines? I could no, be way off. Nobody ever, no one ever cheated on each other in this relationship. Okay. That's what I see. That's what I, that's what I, that, he, he alluded to that though, right? Or he at least hinted towards it or thought that you did or something along those lines. Yeah. So what he said is supposed to say was very biased um, and exaggerated. <laughs> Uh, he gave like a series of events that was kind of accurate, but I will say he heavily implied that something really bad happened to me and I did not believe that that happened. So I just don't, I received some messages of sympathy and, you know, people basically sharing their experiences and I don't want people to feel misled about that. Um, and I did not love that he, that he added that. <laughs> I guess that's what happens when you throw a, uh, when, when you throw a joint, uh, when you throw a joint bachelorette party, because yeah, what was he? Do what was that. he doing there? <laughs> yeah, never do that. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to, not that. Not saying that. Oh, he's not supposed to be there, so I can have my fun. It just seems like a weird dynamic to have. The whole point is, guys go off with his guys. You go off with your girls. You have your fun. He has his fun. Nothing, you know, too crazy get, happens and gets out of hand. But well, he should be joint. Was- I mean, the problem was that my, my birthday party was the day after the bachelorette party, which is why I invited him. Oh. Um, and he like, wanted to go. And he'd never been to Vegas. And oh, he's Canadian. And um, he we did have a separate, like on the bachelorette day, it was women only, like the first half of the day. And then we had like a dinner and show where everybody came. So during that time, basically what happened was like, yeah, we were at this pool with these guys. And then... The next day, my friend said something like, oh, that guy you were all obsessed with. And he was very hurt by that. Mm. But it wasn't like that guy you were all flirting with. <laughs> it was, I don't know. I mean, regardless, like I understand, I understand being hurt by that, whatever. I just, I just think it got blown out of proportion. And um, I, that's why I, I feel like these events, like what I'll cop to in this relationship is Paul was my first serious relationship. And I don't. That uh, I wait, was ever? Very, my first serious relationship. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I okay, had, I didn't like, know. That. I'd had some committed relationships, but they're very short lived. Yeah. So I just didn't really know how to be. You know, I didn't know how to be a good partner. I didn't know, like, um, I, I, I was afraid of commitment when we first got together. And so I think I made him very anxious. And I get that. Like, I, I think I would have been hard to date that first year. So. I think that kind of set a bad, a bad tempo maybe mm. for things, but we just couldn't never, as I tried to prove that I was committed in, in this, I kind of shut down more and more by my behavior. And I think he took more and more liberties with his and it came to be kind of an unequal dynamic. What show did you see in Vegas? Uh, it was called Opium. Which one was that? Is that a Cirque show? It's it's like a Cirque at like at ish show. Um, it was like circus acts, yeah. Opium, huh? I know all the shows in Vegas. I don't think I heard of Opium. Where is it? <laughs> what hotel? What hotel is it at? Oh God, it's Cosmopolitan. Opium. Oh, I, I Google Opium and it's coming up. The the drugs are coming up. I need to do op- <laughs> Opium Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it at was the Cosmo. attached to like a, okay. a dinner. Yeah, yeah. A dinner at Super Frico and then 
It's an it's an adults only variety show. Okay. All right. Um, I thought it was okay. I thought it was a Cirque show that I that I missed. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously that happens. That happened in June. We're here now in November. You mentioned earlier in the podcast when we were talking about your poll that um, that there's a new man in the uh, in the picture here. Tell us all about him. Oh, he's the best. He's a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's really different than the men I've dated in the past. Um, I don't know. What do you want to know? How, well, how? How is he different? Yeah. I think in the past, so I have a lot of values around like being adventurous and being like intellectual and um, being, I don't know, just kind of like more, more values that describe the self. And he has, he has that also, but I think he demonstrates really strong values that are conducive for partnership. So like he's very good at working things out. He's very understanding. He's very, very generous um, with, I don't just mean like money, but like with his energy, with his time, with his focus. Um, he, uh, so he is a widower and he's been raising his son. Okay. So he's a single dad too. He's been raising his son alone since his kid was six. And so he's been through like extreme hardship and he's had to put another person before him for a really long time. And I just think that shows like he's a really kind of a selfless person. And yeah, I don't know. He just makes me feel really safe, but not in a boring way, like in a, in a sexy way. Um, how did you meet him? He's not a teacher at Duke, is he? <laughs> he's not. I retired. <laughs> I retired from that. Yeah. So we met on, we met on Hinge. On Hinge. Oh, okay. I'm doing things the, the common way now, the basic way. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Well, that's certainly interesting. Did not know he was a a, a widower. And um, mm-hmm. have you met his son? I have, yeah. We've hung out a bunch. Um, I'm, like, living in his house right now for a week. <laughs> it's, like, Thanksgiving week. And so I see his son every day. My cat's moved in. I don't know if Jason knows that that's kind of like a permanent move. He thinks we're going to go back and forth with that, but I don't know if that's going to work out super well. So, yeah, I'm just sort of slowly moving myself in. <laughs> ah, but he doesn't know this yet? <laughs> I don't know. I joke about it with him, you know, he does. I think we're we're on the same page about being very future-focused and building something together and, like, taking this very seriously. <clears throat> Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, obviously, I don't think, I mean, obviously, maybe Paul knows through the grapevine that you are with somebody else now. Have you heard anything in regards to, oh, he knows? Um, where Where is Paul? I know you said you there's no friendship there anymore. Just you guys have obviously, you know, it's very tough to be, <laughs> stay friends with someone that you were set to be engaged to or set to be married to. Um, yeah. Where are you at with him? Has he tried to contact you? Has he tried? Has he? Where's yeah, it at? We, we made a pass at friendship actually for a second, and it didn't work out. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I think this is kind of new territory for both of us. And one thing is that Paul and I had a pretty good friendship. You know, like our. I, and I think, honestly, if we had never dated, we would be good friends. Like I like a whole lot about him, and we had great friendship chemistry. Um, but I just think it's way too raw and the, 
basically the same dynamic that showed up in our relationship showed up in our friendship. So I know he's dating. Um, he was like talking to me about who he was dating, which was a little weird and sending me photos of them. Very hot. So go Paul. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I haven't spoken to him since I have been committed to Jason. Well, that's probably a smart thing. You know, like you said, that there's it's just, it's kind of awkward. Um, you tried it. It didn't work. There's no reason to, you know, try and make it work at this point. Why? You know, what's the, what's the point at this? At yeah. This I mean, maybe in like several years, there'd be a pot, you know, I'm a big fan of being friends with exes, but not if it's not ultimately good for your health. <laughs> it wouldn't be yeah. for either of us. No, it wouldn't. So. And you know, you guys have both moved on. It was a chapter in your life. You just like any relationship that you have, you have it, you move on and you learn from it. And that's where you're at now. So you'll take aspects of your relationship with Paul and take it into your new relationship and see what happens with this one. Um, yeah. Obviously it seems to be of, he's a little more, seems to be a little more understanding, a little more tolerant behavior wise, not as, not as, um, I guess, butting heads as much as, as you and Paul did like you said in the very beginning it was tough for you for the first year but now that you've had your first serious relationship maybe this thing goes a little easier for you yeah i mean i think i've learned a lot i think i'm like i think jason's getting a much better version of me than than paul got you know and i think i turned into a better version of myself within my relationship with paul but i think in the beginning i just like really really struggled with settling down and um, I had to adjust a lot of myself and unfortunately he was sort of subjected to that like identity shift. And yeah, I just, I guess, you know, when, <laughs> when people are really afraid to lose a relationship, I mean, there's, there's research on this that, um, people basically have this bias where they think that, oh my God, the breakup is going to be horrific and I'm not going to find anyone else. This is the best I can do. And how am I going to live? And then what we see is that it's much, much easier than you think. I think one of the reasons it's easier is because you learn so much in that relationship and then you can look for a better partner. Like, I don't think I would have been looking for someone like Jason three years ago. And I don't know. Now it's like, I just go in. I'm like, this is what I want. This is what I offer. He's like, all right, cool. <laughs> and it's just been, it's just so much easier. We are still in the honeymoon phase. So this has to be sustained and I have no idea what will happen. But yeah, honeymoon to me is... What do you do? You have a month set on honeymoon phase. I usually say it's three months. Yeah, I I tend to have shorter honeymoons <laughs> than some other people. When, when other people say it's two, like they're like still in it after two years, I'm like, are you serious? Like that sounds yeah. awesome. No, that's I wish I could have that. Two years honeymoon phase. What? That's not a. That's a full relationship. That's not the high. I, I don't know. That seems way too long. But yeah. I mean, I used to have this problem where, like, after the honeymoon phase, I would totally lose interest. And that kind of, I think that was one of the reasons, actually, why, I, like, I, it was, Paul was, like, probably justifiably pretty anxious in our relationship, was that after the honeymoon ended, I really pulled back and was very, very anxious. And I, I think the problem is that I don't know if that was a flaw within me or if that was my gut being like, hey, I know you and what's good for you, get out. <laughs> Um, and so I'm like, what's interesting with Jason is that I think this is the first time when things have gotten very committed and serious and there's no part of me that wants to run. 
and I just hope that lasts. Um, yeah. Yeah. And how, how long has it been so far? <laughs> You're going to make fun of me. It's been like a month and a half. <laughs> I'm like already moving my cat in. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? For all of you people who watch Paradise, that's that's less. That's yeah, it's less, less time, time than Paradise people. Engaged. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, yeah the, it's less time than Paradise people. Um, I specifically talked to my therapist about how I need to take things slower this time too. And every week I meet with him. He's like, "So how's that going?" I'm like, uh, "Not so well." Not great. Yeah, my cat, <laughs> my cat sleeping in between us, and uh, it's been a month and a half. Um, <laughs> yeah. One one last thing on the on the Paul thing. Um, were you kind of upset or bothered that he seemed to ruin the painting that was part of your engagement? I think uh, he okay. First of all, he had said I could have it, so it wasn't like he was just destroying something that I could have kept as a keepsake or something like that. Um, and he was just going to paint something over it. And I get that. Like, what is he going to do with it? I didn't love that he drew a dick over it. That <laughs> felt kind of bla- blasphemous, to be honest. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't love, <laughs> I didn't love how snarky and shitty that was to put online, you know? Yeah. I don't, th- I think he, like, and this is the thing. When people start to have followings, and he has like probably 12,000 followers or something like that, that he grew from nothing. Um, I don't think they realize the implications of their actions. Yeah. And I don't think he realized that like my followers would see that, put it on Reddit. It would get back to me. I mean, maybe he knew it would get back to me, but I don't think he realized that there would be a lot of people who would see that in a very specific way. I think he probably just thought like, oh, his little, you know, art, art followers would be like, oh, ha ha ha. Interesting. So he's very, he's very reactionary then. Uh, I would say that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he was just kind of lashing out and not thinking because he obviously is not a public figure. And not that you're a major public figure, but you're a public figure in a sense that you obviously were once, um, you know, on the show and stuff that you do, even though you haven't been on the show in years and you're not someone who attends all the bachelor functions and stuff like that, you're still someone that if something happens in your life that is somewhat major, there's going to be outlets or blogs or podcasts that cover it. So, yeah. So someone that you date has to understand that that as well. Yeah. Jason does now. It's pretty funny. He's, I talked about him on my rebounds episode in like very flowery terms. And he was like, Oh, I'm on a good episode. I don't want to be on a bad episode. I'm like, that's right, Jason. (laughs) He's in the good episodes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's, you know, I, and especially for what you do with your podcast with Kibby, it's like, yeah, you're arg- you. I think whoever you are with at some point is going to be a topic. Um, when you happen to be recording an episode, whoever you happen to be seeing at the time is going to be in an episode. And some people might not be comfortable with that. He clearly seems to be fine with it, but not. A, it's not for everybody. I, I don't know if Paul was someone who loved being talked about. In your podcast, was he? No, I'm sure he didn't. No, of course not. Of yeah. course not. But, I, I mean, I tried. I tried to be as as benign as I could. You know, I don't know that I necessarily succeeded, <laughs> but I. I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tried talking more about dynamics than about events or or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, realistically, he did a lot of shitty things that hurt me, and uh, I lost some amount of sympathy i think over the course of those events 
And so I, I stopped being so quiet, I guess. But I do want to say, I mean, this is not some terrible person. I just think like, you know, we're in a relationship that was incompatible and we hurt each other. And I don't know. It's, it's what it is. One last thing that I want to talk about real briefly. Mm-hmm. And that's the, um, there's nothing to do with, we're, we're off the past relationship stuff and current relationship stuff. Um, your appearance on She's All Batch last week, it brought up yes. a memory from the whole Ari, Lauren, Becca thing. And mm-hmm. it, it was always funny to me because you, obviously you're friends with Caroline and Caroline, I just remember the whole women tell all because at the time of the filming of the women tell all Ari had already broken it off his engagement with Becca. They had already filmed that awful breakup in the happy couple visit and stuff like that. He had already been with Lauren for the last previous you know month or so. And I just always thought it was funny that Carolyn was uh, Caroline was allowed to say that that line, that infamous line of "You know what you did" to yeah. Ari uh, on the Women Tell All. And when you were there, you clearly knew at that point. I think most of the women sitting on stage knew that he had already dumped Becca and was with and, and was with Lauren. It, I had spoiled it and stuff like that, so most people knew. But yeah. the fact that they were allowed to kind of hint towards it was. I don't know. It was. I don't know if it was funny or if it was like, "What is the show doing?" Um, did Caroline say that not thinking it would get aired, or did she think? Did she think, or was she put she up knew to it? Would it? Get aired. Okay, she was put up to it. Yeah. Okay, so she. Well, I mean, I think it was. I think it was her idea, but then they were like, "Yeah, do that for sure." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and you you made a you made a point in in the podcast to say that. Um, and I, I think maybe I knew this at the time, but it was so long ago I had forgotten it. But for those that don't know the story, you know, Ari, obviously Ari left the show engaged to Becca. But I guess in that time that he was engaged to Becca, he was throwing hints Lauren's way about possibly um, not not throwing hints of I want to be back with you because he, he was still an engaged man. But he was throwing stuff out there that had Lauren confused on why he was doing what he was doing. Yeah. Which was? Well, I, I just remember the socks one. And it's funny, like, I don't remember if I saw that first and sent it to Lauren or if she saw it and then told me about it. But he, she had given him a pair of socks when they were in Peru, I think. And then he basically posted a story where he, like, something, like, raised his pant leg and showed the socks. And I just mm. that was very pointed, obviously. You know. And then- I think he was just, like, really love-struck and you know, kind of heartbroken and was just doing anything to, I don't know, talk to her, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, I think at the time, because remember when they were down to, I think it was either final two or final three, when Becca's ex-boyfriend shows up in the final location too. And Ari, I don't know if that was the reason that Ari decided ultimately in the end, I want to be with Becca. It was almost like, I want to win over this guy. Like, Hey, this is the one because clearly he was, struggling with some sort of decision if six weeks later he had pretty much changed his mind because we know i think it was new year's the infamous story is new year's eve new year's day is when he reached out to lauren behind the scenes he hadn't broken it off with becca yet but had at least reached out to lauren to say hey do you can i talk to you and and that's when the the ball started rolling of okay i think i need to end this with with becca um you know, you're friends with, you're probably more obviously more friends with Becca than you are with um 
with Lauren still. Lauren's obviously got a life with with our. I don't know. How do you speak with Lauren as much anymore or no? I don't. Um, Becca and I are not particularly friends. I mean, I like Becca. She's great. We just never really. We never solidified like a much of a relationship post show. There's this. Oh shit. Sorry, my yeah, you went, something. Yeah, you went faint there for a little bit, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, we didn't like solidify much of a friendship afterwards, whereas Lauren and I did. Um, I have not spoken to Lauren in a while, except like this exchange of a couple texts because, yeah, she like has a very different life. But I'd still consider her a friend, absolutely. Okay. For whatever reason, I thought you were friends with... Becca, through the was it was it through the the egg freezing thing? The Becca, yeah. I mean, if you said like, "Is Becca a friend of yours?" I'd be like, "Sure." It's just that she's not somebody I call on the phone, and yeah. like, you know, we we just we haven't hung out that much. And you don't text. And you guys aren't like text friends or anything like that. No, not particularly. Okay, um, but I'd be very happy to see her. Like that's how I've described the relationship. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it was something where it was just funny to to hear you retell that story and think back to Ari's season because Ari's season, you know, towards the end was just such a, was such a mess. I mean, just, but it, it seems to happen a lot more frequently since then because we've had bachelors pilot Pete, um, you know, yeah. change his mind after you make that decision on that final you know, rose ceremony day. It's funny. My, so my co-host Kibby was watching, the first time she watched Ari's season, she didn't even realize I was on it because if you blink, you know, you might not. But she was into crocheting animals back then, like, decor- like, like little ornaments. And so she just like completely missed the entire season. So she went back to rewatch it because I was in it. And she was like, Ari got so shafted that season. Like he was, first of all, she noticed that he actually had really good conflict resolution skills with Crystal that when she like crystal refused to come to the cocktail party and wore her robe that he dealt with it really well you know and he was just like look you know i i don't i don't like how you behaved i don't like this i'm gonna go rejoin my cocktail party you can stay here and just know that i'm not happy about this which is a pretty good way to deal with something like that and i kind of agree that he i mean he is one of the only bachelors who has made it work with his woman from the show and they have kids and they're very committed. And I really look back on that with gratitude. Cause I'm like, man, I got a, I got a bachelor who actually cared and was serious and ready for a family. And most women, especially in the past five years, can't say that. And so I think at the time, you know, he was following like more of a previous Sean Lowe esque mold or it was like maybe older, more established bachelors. And now they're just going for kids who like don't have their shit together you know, I like aren't sure of who they are, what they want. And I think producers are also more invested in creating like a dramatic ending. And maybe that started with Ari that you just don't even get to watch much of a love story anymore. Well, I think the funny statistic and we all know it now is there have been 26 completed seasons of the bachelor. Zach is season number 27, but we don't know the outcome and, you know, if yeah. if whoever he chose, the filming just ended the other day, you know, um, but 26 completed seasons, only one guy has married the final woman that he chose. And that was Sean Lowe. And they've got, <laughs> oh you know, great marriage and three kids. But they've had two bachelors who dumped the final woman they chose, went to the number two girl and are clearly 
in a happy married relationship yeah. with kids. And that's Jason and Molly and Ari and Lauren. So the dumping of the final one later on has actually been presu- per, uh, produced two successful marriages with kids. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to the, the regular one of keeping the final one. You, Sean's the only guy that's still with the woman that he chose at the end. So yeah. it, it's two to one in 26 seasons. There's, only three bachelors that are even married to women that were on their season. And two of them were girls. They didn't choose at the final rose ceremony. So it is interesting. Um, Those are awful statistics, terrible statistics, (laughs) but it goes to show that this show being quote unquote successful has nothing to do with whether or not the final couple is successful or else it would have been off the air years ago (laughs) because they haven't had one. Sean was season 17, and Ari was season 22 and, um, you know, uh, Jason was season, I think 14. So, I mean, yeah, it's been, it, it doesn't, you're the exception, not the rule. If you make it out of the show as a couple and get married and have kids, it's just very, well, I think that's why it's kind of upsetting that he got such a rough reputation from that or from from that edit you know i mean i will always say they dumbed him down in that edit like he was more interesting than that <laughs> he was fun you know more charming i don't even, um, yeah i don't even remember i mean i remember the ending in terms of how they edited everything and showing the breakup with with becca and whatnot but i don't remember the edit he got during the season in terms of his how he came across on his one-on-one dates and group dates and stuff like that like i don't God, I don't even remember how he came across. I just remember when he ended up ultimately with Lauren, people looked back and were like, God, his, we didn't see any of, there there didn't seem to be any of a connection with Ari and Lauren during their one-on-one dates and their interactions. Like she just, she was not great television. She just wasn't. She was kind of bland and boring on TV. And usually that doesn't make for a, uh, you know, it, well, it doesn't make for good TV, but I think pe- she was also really anxious. Like she just wasn't like, good in front I, I of the cameras. She was, sh- she was just kind of shut down. I think like, and, and probably because she was really in love and she was not enjoying him going out with other women, you know? So I think she was just pretty reserved. Like they have their whole YouTube thing now. And I think she's, people seem to really like it. She's more alive and more relaxed on that. Didn't, didn't I hear during your season, she had a, um, like behind the scenes, didn't she have like a, uh, um, an ass implant thing that she used to twerk in or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously that was never shown, but it was something like she had a fake butt that she would put in her pants and twerk. Yeah. Lauren's fun. She's pretty funny. Yeah. And we never saw any of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just, <laughs> it was just, uh, uh, yeah, he had one. I remember he had the one, one-on-one date and I believe in Paris with her. Was she Paris? Yeah. Yeah. And they had like, they got the photo. I remember I still have the videos on my phone of people who actually caught them having that uh, picture drawn of them. Um, And then I think she had a one-on-one later on in the final place before hometowns. But yeah, it was just like, wait, one-on-one in Italy. Oh, was Italy. So she, she had two in two weeks, two in two weeks. Okay. That's what it was. But her, but, but the interesting thing about Ari and being on Ari's season was that it was never clear who the front runner was because the week that he had his first date with Lauren was the same week that I had my first date. Mm-hmm. So imagine being me like I, I have no idea who this guy is into because it seemed like his connection with Becca had dwindled 
And so because she had the first one on one of the season, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I went on that date being like, I don't know, maybe it is going to be us at the end. Like it's possible because <laughs> I can't figure this guy out. <laughs> and that was kind of cool though. That much rather that be like, oh, what's the point of me even being here? So you guys just talking amongst yourselves, you guys never thought anybody was a front runner? Okay. I was in kind of like a little group off to the side with Kendall and Jenna. <laughs> like I wasn't party to these big talks. Becca was an obvious front runner at first, but even she thought she was going home in Paris. So that connection had really dwindled. Caroline was an early front runner, but I don't even think she believed that. I think that was kind of what we all thought, maybe because she was so pretty. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't remember it being clear at all. Hmm. Yeah, now that I think about it, because, yeah, Becca did have that first. Well, Crystal thought she was the front runner. She was some, clearly she thought she was going to win this whole thing the way she. Maybe, but that was very clear to all of us that that was not the case. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Becca. Yeah, that's right. Becca got that first date where she got to keep all the she got the the pretty woman date. where She got to keep all the clothes and stuff like that. And um, and then Crystal got that date where she actually got to go to Arizona and meet his family, which is really random for a for an L.A. date. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just think looking back on it now, I, you know, I remember, um, God, who was the one that got that one-on-one that I got all the videos of? Like, uh, Cien, was it? She got a, you know, a date in front of all of people in Tahoe or something like that? Wasn't that Cien? That sounds right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, and then, but Caroline never got a one-on-one, so she had to have always been questioning, am I even? Well, she went home really early. She went home in Tahoe. Oh, that's right. She went home early. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just Jenna never got a one-on-one, right? Nope. You didn't get yours till episode six, six, five, six. I don't know, something like that. Same week as Lauren. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like I said, I don't. Everyone, the only thing most people remember about that season was Crystal being the way she was, and then the ending. I I think I just don't think anything stuck out during the middle episodes in the travel. Yeah. So. Anyway, I that's accurate. so I won't wait um, 11 months to have you on uh, again, Thank but you. Um, we'll, we'll probably have you on at some point during uh, during Zach's season, which I'm sure you're so fired up for because you love <laughs> you love all these 26 year old guys that get named um, the, ba- <laughs> the Bachelor. I mean, Zach's just he's just a dude. It's just like, OK, I mean, what's what's going to be the there's going to be stuff that we've never seen before on this season and there's going to be drama among the women and. It's yeah. going to be like every other what season. A, yeah. What a colorful personality we've got. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his uncle is Putty from Seinfeld. So. <laughs> wow. wow. Okay, wait. Just one last thing. Can I just say, when they did those introductions of those women, Yeah. that was the most cringy thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Can, I mean, that was clear, right? There was what? one woman who left and said, love ya. The, it was so the women, The women were cringy or the fact that Zach couldn't remember any of their names and was a total zero? All of the above. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I related it to, I mean, I, people seem to forget this, but one of the first seasons they did the whole, hey, let's bring out five of your men from your season. or They had never done it with the women before. They'd always done it with the Bachelorette where they bring out five men. Uh, they yeah. did it for Becca's season because I remember Blake uh, was one of the five that got brought out for Becca. Um, Hannah Brown was absolutely terrified up there. She was terrible. She couldn't say a word, and everyone was like, holy shit. 
her season is going to be awful. And then she turned into the most popular woman Instagram wise in the history of this franchise. So yeah, her season was good. Yeah. Let's yeah, not, it's just a bad idea. We should just stop doing that. It's a terrible idea. Plus, I mean, if you know, you're going to be the bachelor or the bachelorette, and obviously, you know, going into that episode, whether you're not, you know, you're going to be announced that night, just prepare yourself for the fact that right. they've done this numerous times. You are going to meet five people that they, they they've done it numerous times now. They had to stop, obviously, during the pandemic stuff because they were, weren't doing shows with a live audience. But this isn't new. Uh, Zach should have known he was going to get five women, and he was he was not good. Uh, but you know, he doesn't really need to be because that's live and his whole show is taped, so they don't even have to worry about him <laughs> acting live ex- except when he does like interviews and promoting the show and stuff like that, which. I'm sure he's improved on since then, but yeah, it was, um, he wasn't great. But then again, I always tell people Hannah Brown was even worse. She was terrible. All you got to do is go back and watch that episode and be like, Oh my God. Like every guy that came out, she was just had the giant grin and she'd be like, I, I don't know what to say. Nice to meet you. And that was it. Like she was terrible. And, (laughs) and then her season ended up being, you know, one of the more popular seasons ever. So go figure. Um, all right, Jacqueline, thank you so much, uh, for coming on. Have a great Thanksgiving and, um, I will talk to you soon. All righty. See you soon. Bye. So thank you so much to Jacqueline for coming on. Uh, good friend. Always love having her on. Obviously she went through a tough time six months ago, but she's clearly moved on. Got a new boyfriend in her life. Good for her. And it seems like while there was some contentiousness there, Back right when it happened, obviously, someone like Paul, who has their wedding canceled on them two two weeks before wedding day, is gonna be reactive. And but it looks like things have subsided, and they have just moved on with their lives. And good for Jacqueline, good for Paul. Uh, you know, I wish them um, uh, both the best. So I definitely wanted to release this uh, earlier than my daily roundup. Like I said, my daily roundup will be up around 8 a.m. Eastern time like it normally is. Won't be probably 20 minutes. I haven't recorded it yet, but I I don't think it'll be 20 minutes long just because there's not a ton to talk about. Although, now that I think about it, there kind of (laughs) is. So maybe it will be your normal uh, standard 20 minutes. Um, And I wish you all uh, a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you all. My thanks to you guys uh, for tuning in every Monday through Friday and uh, twice on Thursdays uh, for your double podcasts. It's it's very much appreciated, and uh, we're going to keep this thing rolling uh, as long as we can. So, again, thank you to everyone. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Hope you have a great day spending your time with uh, friends and family. And I will talk to you in a few hours. See you.